Yeah, I know you want to listen to my baby. So listen to my motherfucking baby. She be loving you. I call her my baby digital AI. Yeah, here we can get some. You ready? You ready for my girl? Check it out. Yo, girl, share your titties for us. This is Brainwashed Radio with your host, Master Michael G. Stone, baby. Did I say master? Fuck yes, I did. This radio program is for broad-minded adults only and should not be distributed to or sold to minors under any circumstances whatsoever. Thank the fuck out of you and love my digital titties. You are on the brain. Get fucked and love it. Get some. Let's get to it, shall we, bitches? You are on the fucking brain, fucking brain, fucking brain. You are on the fucking brain, brainwash radio, Hollywood. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here again, Brainwash Radio with your host and owner of the broadcast, Michael G. Stone, here with Alan is his name, I pledge. I pledge. And Joanna. So meanwhile, let's get our stuff done so we can get it over with. It's pretty funny, isn't it, sir? 
It's hysterical. It is, isn't it? It really is. You are an employer of a company. Mm -hmm. You understand this, correct? Yes. I am the owner of a business. Okay, and you comprehend this. What does that have okay. to do with anything that we're so doing? So meanwhile, what does your this business? is all I need here. You are an employee, no, no, no. sir. I am doing business do here. Do you are an employee. Now move along, Mr. Employee. Thank you very much. Sir, please, no disrespect to my employees. No all. disrespect. Okay? I'm going to help you out. I need Thank you, you very much. Thank you nobody that works here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Moving along. That's all I want. That good in this. That's what I tried to tell you, and he went bonkers on me for some reason. Once again, 99 cent store, Brainwash Radio Hollywood, baby. I don't know what's wrong with your freaking staff, but I think you need to lose all of them and start a new uh, staff. They have some common respect because it's ridiculous. And it's going to get you a huge lawsuit pretty soon. Because this isn't the first time this has happened. As far as I'm concerned, you guys can fire that guy quick. My lords love me. For my card, one dollar and ninety-two cents. How much do I owe for two items? Okay, it's gonna return the one dollar ninety-two cents back to your card. So I get to use my card again? Uh, no, that's not how it works. If you want it cash, you can use it to pay the items now. Would that be more convenient for you, sir? Sure. So I guess I'll get this one, and that is all. Not the cheese, no more. Not the cheese, no more. Thank you, though. So you want just a soda? Yes, ma'am. That's yours? It should be 20 cents, correct? No, 92 cents. So I took 125 for the soda. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Your receipt? You have a nice rest of your day. Likewise.
the door here, nigga. I don't even look no fucking way. Hydrated. I'm gonna 
I'll give you a hundred bucks for like an hour of your time. No big deal. I was nervous though, for real. Now I've done it seven times, going on my eighth tomorrow. Don't get infected, luckily. Luckily. Look at Mooch. Look it. Pay okay, $28 a day to sit in a motherfucking van. Look it. Look it. That's all I gotta say. Period. Look it. That's all I gotta say. It's called 45 Grave. Bitch.
That looks so cool, man. Hey, when are you gonna let me use you for a film? Uh, film? For real, dude. Even that style, your style right now looks fucking epic, but I wanted to use you also in like a tribal moment. Like, I wanna take you, I wanna be able to take you into the Riverside area, Riverside uh, County area. Uh, kind of a polar bear. Oh, come on, dude. It'll take uh, a weekend. It'll night. take a weekend. Hanging out with guys like some kind of game. No, dude, come on. I could bring, I could probably get a bunch of chicks because most of the female, most of the, uh, the actress, uh, and actors are female. Like 90% of the actors in the film are going to be female. All the people that will be worshiping you in that scene, that particular scene, will be all female bowing down to you. We'll see. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's going to be badass, dude. It's, it's your part. I've just let you know. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be fucking shooting.
Come baby, do it. You can do it, baby. You can do it. Oh, you fucker. What's up, my man? How you doing? Miss A.
is tonight. Damn. Smack it. What's up, gorgeous? How's things for you? Yeah, good, good, good. Nothing stolen since? Okay, good, good, good. Good, good, yeah. Keep an eye on your things. Really? You got bug bites all over you and crap? Oh, man. After that, Valley, like uh, Alhambra. Alhambra's nice. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it's a different scene out there in North Hollywood, but I mean, that's your thing if you want to go. Are you familiar with out there? Are you familiar with NoHo? Okay, cool. So you're, yeah, okay. Oh, okay, cool. It gives a different scene in NoHo. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Glendale. I was born out there. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Nice, nice. Cool, cool. My name's Michael, by the way. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll be here around. I'll be here. I'll be around for a while. I've been here since uh, April. Yeah, yeah. So. Cool, cool, cool. Well, best of luck to you, for sure. All right, cheers.
you on the motherfucking brain. And I know you love it when you're on the brain. Brain, 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 wash radio. Brain, 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 wash radio. You fucking love it. Yo, what's up? Live in Hollywood. We're playing some... Uh, KPFA type of listener talk show. Uh, there are a bunch of people trying to, you know, get into council and et cetera, et cetera. Let's listen to them, shall we? Let's do it. On the brain, bitches. On the fucking brain Tuesday. Member of the local station board, the LSB, along with the other members who are all volunteers. I think there are 24, maybe. Um, thank you for, sir, for uh, giving your time and representing us and serving the station and the listeners and the staff. Can you talk about these um, regular report to the listeners, what I would call dialogue with the listeners? Um, will they be happening on a monthly basis? And is there a schedule for it? And will other members of the local station board be participating? And then secondly, I also participate in committees as a listener member. I can participate in committees of the local station board. Can you dis- discuss a little bit about that, maybe the importance about that and how listeners can also participate? Thank you. Well, um, thank you, Andrew, and I, 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 I volunteered alongside of you in the phone room over the years many times. I appreciate all, all that you give um, and also the KPFK. Yes, um, we are volunteers and listeners to serve on committees. Um, and yes, um, in regards to um, all the work that's being done, the work is actually done by about uh, people on committees that the, the majority of the work of the other speed and even the PNB has to be done on committees um, and if, if, if we have listeners on committees which is something that you and I both uh, advocated for because at one time listeners uh, uh, there was a concern of having listeners on committees um, so that's something that you and I advocated for so I, I believe in that I believe in the democratic process uh, I believe that any listener has volunteered uh, three hours or has um, donated $25 or is a, a sustainer as you and I are, um, um, have a seat at any committee that they think that could be of effective service to. Uh, I, I just uh, want to thank D'Angelo Jones for all his many years of service to KPFK. I mean, I, I, I've known D'Angelo for a very long time. And, and all the staff that, that labors, especially uh, I've seen them in action do fund drive where they really um, come together and, and really put in uh, the work to sustain the station. I, I just want to mention that the other speed is putting the matching fund to, together to encourage listener donations during the fund drive. Currently we at $800, but we hope to get it up to an even $1,000. And that's, that's a matching fund. Um, so that's something that the LSB is doing, and I'm also encouraging, as a rank-and-file member of labor, uh, that union uh, labor uh, also participate in, in uh, putting in their grain of rice into the pot in order for us to sustain ourselves. So uh, labor unions, uh, SEIU 721, I, I call on you to please pledge to the fund drive. Uh, and I, I think I, I, I missed one of Andrew's questions. I apologize for that, Andrew. Lawrence, I want to echo your 
good words about D'Angelo Jones. We met years ago. He and I were in the news department, and uh, we met then, and he has just been exactly what we need at KPFK, a dedicated person who takes his work seriously but is always nice and good to work with. And uh, D'Angelo, I just want to thank you. And Lawrence, I want to thank you for remembering because there are a lot of people here who make their contributions and sometimes they're not recognized or not recognized nearly enough. Now, if you would like to get on the air, call 818-985-5735. You might have a question for Lawrence Reyes. Or call 818-985-KPFK. You might have a question for Renee Penalosa. Your thoughts are important. You are the station. KPFK is powered by the people. Now, how can you keep that power going? By renewing our KPFK batteries. Every once in a while, we need an extra charge, and the charge comes during the fun drives. So, if you would like, call 818-985-5735. Push 1 and make your pledge. Or 818-985-KPFK push one and make your pledge. Lawrence did mention something that I think is still available, which is Voices That Change the World. It's a wonderful way of exploring all of the voices that have been on KPFK over the years. It is really like uh, an encyclopedia of sound, and it's all indexed. It's something easy for you to find and to listen to. You can share it. If you're on a very long drive, you could maybe, uh, if you have the facilities in your car, play it and listen to it. And uh, it's a wonderful way to get an education. And on politics or pedagogy, I always talk about that's education, that's our mission. Well, that's KPFK. And KPFK is all about educating the listener and helping us to become more prepared to cope with what we find in the world around us. Now, on that note, let's go to Sarah from Ridgecrest. And Sarah, this question will be for Renee. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I wanted to just make a comment about a general impression that I often get from the station and ask you whether you think it's correct, uh, which is that even during some fun drives, um, certain hosts make comments that give me the feeling that there's infighting in the station, that there's discord uh, in the station. And the effect that that has upon me is that as much as I love uh, KPFK and the programming, most of the programming that's on it, I feel hard-pressed sometimes to give money to an organization that seems like it is fighting within itself. Um, so that's my question comment. Thank you. Uh, Renee? Um, can you hear me? Sure can. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I think my history and with Pacifica and observation is that there, there's definitely, you know, uh, tensions. Um, and I would sure hope that it wouldn't affect what's going out on the airwaves. But in the end, you know, this is life. And there is, there are always going to be tensions in life, and it's better to be real about it than to hide it. So, um, you know, 
I don't know what else to say really, really about that. Um, and, you know, thank you for continuing to support. I can understand how that could be discouraging. Um, but I, I think also it's in a sense sort of a sil silver lining on the cloud because when you look at, you know, any other media network, um, everything is hidden. You don't really know what's going on, you know? And of course there are things that are still hidden, you know, it's not like the, the dilemmas that are going on at Pacifica are clear. Um, I don't think they are to anybody. It's very complicated. Um, but at least, you know, I think it's a bit more, <laughs> a bit more out in the open. Um, yeah, I don't know what else really, how else to, to answer that, honestly. Um, I think that having this participatory process is actually really beneficial. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know what else, how else, I think that's about all I can about that. Thank you, Renee. I want you to know, listeners, that what Renee is talking about, what Lawrence is talking about, is our radio station keeping it on the air, making sure that the kinds of discussions you're hearing now continue. And I just want to remind you that we are on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. There's also a station that is uh, a repeater station. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. There's another station that is a repeater station, 93.7 FM in San Diego County. And then there is one other repeater station, 99.5 FM, Ridgecrest, China Lake. And KPFK streams online at kpfk.org. I'm John Crumshow, host of Politics or Pedagogy, with a special program today, LSB talking to the listener, a conversation between the listeners and Lawrence Reyes, who is on the local station board and also serves on the Pacifica National Board, and Renee Peñalosa, who is the National Election Supervisor. Now, if you would like to get on the air and make your contribution, have your voice heard, call in to Paulina Vasiliev. She is our volunteer producer. And it's a very simple process. Call 818-985-5735 or 818-985-KPFK and she will find out your first name and where you're calling from and then you'll be ready to be on the air with our guests, Lawrence Reyes and Renee Penalosa. Well, on that note, let's go to... Um, the uh, next caller, PK, from Houston, Texas. Welcome to the LSB conversation. Well, it's, it's great to be in California virtually. Um, I lived in Carmel uh, for about three years. And so um, I love California, and I've been to both KTFK and KTFA, the California stations, which brings me to my question. Interestingly, we call the Pacifica stations sister stations. So I'm wondering, how can the sister stations be more supportive of one another, become real sisters of the heart for Pacifica that also includes 
um, diversity and inclusiveness and a mission or a, and a commitment to the overall mission of the station after having a, a bylaw referendum to date, we need to know how we can heal from that and become sister stations. So that's my question, and I'll get off so I can hear the answer. Thank you, PK. This question goes to Lawrence Reyes. Uh, thank you, uh, PK. Um, can't wait to make it to Houston and uh, spend some time and, of course, eat some of that good barbecue. Um, so um, in regards to the referendum, I'm not uh, going to give a, uh, an opinion on it because there's no one from the yes side of that equation. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm just going to receive the question, but I'm not um, going to state anything. I, 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 I think, I think all five stations should have an intersectional relationship with each other, um, and um, bipart uh, people uh, who are mostly the ones that are being impacted the most severely in terms of repression, suppression. Um, and the, uh, the doing away democratic rights and stuff like that um, has to be represented. I, I'm proud that KPFK took the bold step of having Spanish language programming on the air uh, and having a volunteer, volunteer staff or untake staff, if you will, um, really do a lot of the bulk of the work in, in working collaboratively with the other staff members. So I, I, I think doing the fundraise, we also close ranks. <laughs> But there has to be a way, um, and there has and that's, that there has to be discussed um, in regards to how can all five stations, including all the affiliates, have an intersectional relationship with each other uh, for the common good of, of the foundation. I think that's a really excellent point, PK, and I'm glad that you highlighted that. Thank you. Thank you, Lawrence. The next question is from Diana, and that will be for Renee. Welcome to LSB Hello. Conversation. Hi, Diana. Hi. Um, I'm a sustainer and a great supporter of KPFK for a number of years. And uh, one of the big things I appreciate about KPFK is that you you are very um, transparent about what's going on. I consider that a very healthy thing. And uh, I know you get a lot of criticism for that. I had a call that said you you know, fighting and there's like, there's always going to be there. Democracy is messy, but it all turns out in the end it's healthier and better for everyone. So I compliment you folks for uh, showing what's really going there instead of hiding it. Um, I really appreciate all the programming. It's really outstanding stuff that you folks do, Feminist Magazine. I question everything. That program is great, you know. Uh, you're, you're really doing a wonderful job. And the question I have is, I'm not deep into what the differences are between the yes people and the no people. My question is, could you explain that uh, simply for uh, people who are not like more in-group but are more trying to find out what is the difference there? I'll take you minutes off the, the line. Thank you so very, very much. Diana, I will uh, answer that. Uh by prior agreement, we will not discuss the uh, bylaws. So I will ask that uh, you keep that in mind and maybe read any uh, written communications. But for this uh, particular exchange, let's focus on what 
other issues there are that are of importance to the listener. So let's go to Janine. Janine is calling in from San Pedro. Welcome to LSB Conversation. Uh, yes, this is Janine, and I'm a longtime supporter since the 60s, so I know all the, uh, or I remember a lot of the things that are on uh, uh, the, the uh, USB drive, uh, voices, uh, uh, anyway, um, the long and the short of it is I want to thank, uh, I guess, Renee for finally somebody sending me a paper ballot, and I know that I must be a Crank as far as everybody. <laughs> I live on Facebook and I don't have a computer. And I'm uh, happier every that I don't. I want to uh, draw attention to the fact that. I'm sorry, but uh, somehow the call seems to be breaking up. So uh, let's go to. Uh, um, Renee, Renee, talk a, a little bit about uh, what Janine said, having to do with the uh, conversation that she was having about <laughs> her getting a paper ballot and paper ballots. Tell us about that. Yeah, sure, sure. I um, we transitioned over the years to more and more electronic. Of course, there are always people who don't have a computer, and so whoever has know requested a paper ballot in the past Tony, what's up for the most part <laughs> i capture them each time and i'm able to send no, a paper ballot and top. you're also Don't able to get that. a paper ballot by calling up and leaving a voicemail and requesting okay. one uh but that process won't become relevant until there's actually something to vote on and so the delegate election which is coming up uh that will open up uh, august 15th but it is really important if you can vote yeah, electronically yeah, right. do so that way just because of how much how many resources it saves. And you know, because but but if you can't obviously you know we wanna make sure everybody can get a ballot. But if you if, if you can vote electronically, uh, just make sure that your your email is up to date uh, on your membership as the membership departments are the ones who give the email, so yeah, their like records light. are yeah, yeah. are uh, right, so what I use to get you ballots. So just make I would just say that you know with respect to discussing that question or that comment rather. Very good, thank you. Oh, Renee, did you want to say any more? Please go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to point out, um, I know we're not discussing the referendum, uh, but there are a lot of materials that you can find on the election right now, website, and that's election.pacifica.org. If you did have any questions about this past referendum or the delegate election or anything, really, and you can um, also just contact me directly at ncs at pacifica.org. All right, very good. And uh, let's go to I have a, what do you call it? Rose. Rose, I have turtles. welcome to conversation with this one's out already. the LSB, and, ones and this question will be for Lawrence Reyes. All else fails, I'll just show up at one of the bars tonight, buy a beer, and charge up. <laughs> Rose, are you there? Hello? Hi, Rose. Yes, hi. Um, I was wondering if 
If you can give me the contact information for getting a hold of the LSB, and also I want to know how do we find out where or how we uh, join committees for KPFK. All right, and uh, that question is for Lawrence Reyes. Uh, thank you, Rose, for that question. And the way to communicate with the LSB is, um, I'm going to give you the email address. It's lsb at gmail.com. lsb at gmail.com. Um, also, it's, uh, I gave out my telephone number earlier, so I hope you got it. Um, and if you have any questions that I may further um, collaborate with you with in regards, uh, you could get on uh, a committee. Um, by um, doing the required three hours of volunteer time or a pledge of uh, a minimum pledge of $25 as well. And um, so you could definitely send an email as to uh, what committees that you're interested in. The committees are, are, are posted on the KPFK website as well at kpfk.org. Um, I believe there's a, there's a calendar of committee meetings. So you can find it there, and um, the Committee of Inclusion is going to be meeting uh, this coming Monday at 4.30 Pacific time, and I um, would like to invite you to, uh, to uh, come in and, and audit it, come and check it out. Thank you, Lawrence. So, now, the last, question of, the last question of the day is from okay. uh, Margo. Margo, welcome to LSB Conversation with the Listener. Hello. Oh, shit, I got Tony on record. That was badass. You're on the brain, bitches. What's up? Check out these politicians. They're freaking rocking it. They're real. They want to get shit done. They're tired of this crappy, crappy. You know what I mean? Like me, I'm living in a van, paying $28 to live in a fucking van. Can you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? That's what I do. So make sure you pledge to me. Bring us radio. Ooh. I even got a brainwash radio cash app card. Ooh, ooh, your pledge will get me all lovely. You know what I mean? Let me get it. Hold on. I gotta find it. Where did it go? Where did it go? Where did I did hear a read on a female. I just gotta that find out where I put it. You know I mean? So meanwhile, we're gonna go find out where I put it <coughs> and continue to listen to this lady. manager for I would like to have a lawyer, both Dr. Nader or Jim Lafferty, explain on air and via email the entire referendum process. Uh, we'll, we're going to stop it right there because uh, we're not going to discuss the uh, referendum by prior agreement. Uh, will you please uh, will you please go to, uh, uh, we have our very last caller, Renee, you only have one minute. Please, uh, let's go to, uh, let's see, I guess that's it. That was it. That was the last caller. So uh, we're ready to say uh, adieu until next time. Now, I want to make sure that we thank D'Angelo Jones, who is our board op engineer, who did a wonderful job engineering today. Uh, Paulina Vasiliev, who was our volunteer producer, who took your calls, who also did a wonderful job today. And uh, Lawrence and uh, 
Lawrence Reyes, who is a member of the LSB and the Pacifica National Board. I want to thank you, Lawrence, for your excellent uh, participation. And Renee Peñalosa, who is the National Election Supervisor, thank you for your excellent participation. And to all of the listeners who called in and all the people who are listening, please, I urge you to call 818-985-5735. And make your pledge, or 818-985-KPFK. Make your pledge, or online, kpfk.org. This is John Crumshow, host of Politics or Pedagogy, with a special LSB conversation. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, KPFK. Thank you for tuning in and making KPFK part of your routine. Today is Tuesday, July the 20th, and it marks the first day of KPFK's Summer Funge Drive. This month, KPFK will actually be turning 62, against all odds. And we're relying on you to help this venerable community service continue well into the future. Your financial support is so important to KPFK. It's your generous donations that fund this entire operation. Please help support commercial-free, people-powered radio by making your contribution now at kpfk.org slash donate. If you'd prefer to call us to make your pledge, you can do that at 818-985-5735. That number again is 818-985-KPFK. Thank you for doing your part in supporting KPFK. This is Ed Asner. You're listening to Pacifica Radio KPFK, 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 FM Santa Barbara, and streaming globally at kpfk.org. superhero Paul Robeson. It is a fund drive, and one of the things that we're trying to do on Voices is have the highest level of programming for you at the same time as raising the most amount of money. So today, we're, I am beyond excited to the point where I worry if I can do justice to probably my greatest friend in the world, Paul Robeson, who uh, has shaped the lives of tens of millions of people all over the world. Uh, we have this amazing 
four DVD box sets of his films, films, for $250 premium. It's called uh, Portraits of the Artist, Paul Robeson. For $100, you can get one of my books, either Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities of the Successful Organizer, or Katrina's Legacy, uh, the U.S. government and its genocidal climate crimes. So if you call in, you just say you want Katrina's Legacy or Playbook, that's for $100. But for $350, you get the uh, four DVD box set and both of my books for $350, which would be wonderful if you'd be willing to do it. And I'm just honored that my, I chose to put my books in with Paul Robeson. I hope he's honored enough to accept them. I mean it with all my heart that this is one of the greatest people, when I say superhero, uh, and I want to get to his voice very quickly, uh, so I'm just going to give you a, a, something that I did right. Um, we're so thrilled to offer this wonderful box set. Uh, Paul Robeson was a person of such magnitude that even as a writer, it is hard to find the right words to describe him. Scholar, athlete, film star, baritone singer from heaven. Pan-Africanist, black fighter, pro-communist, a friend of working and oppressed people all over the world, defiant black man. Robeson was a political prisoner inside his own racist country when he said that black people in the U.S. will not fight in a war against the Soviet Union. He and W.B. Du Bois, two of the greatest geniuses in world history, fought the color line and U.S. imperialism their entire lives and were punished unmercifully by the U.S. government for their proletarian internationalism. That is to say, the U.S. government withdrew their passports and prevented them from going all over the world. Paul Robeson's career, who was at one point the highest paid by far black entertainer in the United States, but he was a pro-communist black entertainer. He went to almost subsistence living and he was supported by all his friends. Uh, he actually had a concert with the Welsh miners that he had to do through coaxial cable. He had to do a concert right on the Canadian border where he just used a microphone and there were hundreds of thousands of Canadian workers on the other side trying to block the blockade. So please today call 818-985-5735. It's astounding that you're going to get four DVDs of all his uh, amazing films, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Some were great, some were good, some in retrospect he wish he hadn't made. But he was fighting every way he could to represent first just a proud black man, and then he became a pan-Africanist, then he became an anti-imperialist, then he became a pro-communist, all of them, as well as being an all-American football player, a Phi Beta Kappa, and one of the greatest singers of all time. And to have a black man of this magnitude destroyed by the United States, and in the end, he was. In the end, he sat in a chair having a nervous breakdown the last two or three years of his life, that finally the slave was murdered by the government, but not today. And Paul lives on, and for $250, you can first of all see him in his physical magnificence, listen to his voice. So 818-985-5735, that's $250 for the four DVD box set, Paul Ropes and Portraits of the Artist, and for $350, you get two of my books, plus the Paul Robeson series. Alan, say a few words, Channing Fieser, and then we're going to go to an amazing clip of Sidney Poitier talking about uh, Paul Robeson and listening to his amazing voice. Just a quick note 
also is that as part of this wonderful tribute, we've also put together a slideshow that will be going through our Mevo live stream. So you'll wow. see pictures from everything about Paul Robinson's life, including pictures of the play that he did in uh, Ireland, right? Yeah. Um, including, you know, pictures of... Um, of the other play, he's wearing a striped shirt. I can't even remember the name of the play. That's okay. We'll see uh, that. So we'll we have this wonderful slideshow that as you well created that we created. No, um, you created that I created yes. and I researched. And you know, that's why you should support Voices from the Front Lines and you know KPFK because we're trying to bring you really real historical precedents um, and real historical memory and keep it in the present. I would just say that if uh, people out there, uh, we have some great historical programming, um, you could not really do better if you wanted to understand 20th century America than to look at it through, um, the, by, through the, Paul Robeson's life. And uh, just a tremendously heroic um, figure in American history. And again, I think even, even I would say, the only thing I would say about what Eric said is, I think at one point he was just about the most celebrated performer in the world. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he reached that, that level of adoration and, and actually just top rank celebrity. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and unlike today, he was a celebrity that threw his life completely into the movement at great personal cost. But also, one more thing, and we'll play it. The Soviet Union fundamentally defeated Hitler in World War II, not the United States. And Paul Robeson was a great friend of the Soviet Union. And he went all over the world singing to the soldiers in the anti-fascist war. And I'm sorry, I just get very choked up. So let's hear from Paul Robeson. There are moments in a great artist's life which should be remembered forever. Yet, for Paul Robeson, those moments were nearly obliterated, blotted out, by the fears and political anxieties which gripped America in the early 1950s. One such moment occurred over half a century ago. Oscar Hammerstein and Jerome Kern wrote a song expressly for and dedicated to a young singer. No one who has ever heard Paul Robeson sing Old Man River will ever forget it. stage that still stands in the record books, the longest-running Shakespearean play in the history of the Broadway theater. 
It was a part many actors have played. Emil Yannings, Walter Hampton, Walter Houston, Orson Welles, Lawrence Olivier, but none equaled Robeson as Othello the Moor. A performance that was the culmination of 20 years of work and understanding. Robeson recollects. I just came over from America and we like to say pass and chance and uh, and do for the morning do. And uh, and I happened to pick up an old script uh, of uh, of Shakespeare and the do was very clear. It was D-I-E-W and, and, uh, and it, it was not chance, C-H-A-U-N-C-E, so it was do like in you of and, uh, and chance and dance. It's very, very Shakespearean. And, uh, and uh, one terrible, difficult sound was was my almost at the beginning of the play my services which I have done the scenery my services services I would say my services my services I had to work on that very <laughs> but later I took some special work at the University of London and also in my university days I majored in English and I have records from the earliest time of from time of Anglo-Saxons matter of fact mm -hmm. through Chaucer and uh, I've and of course since I worked on my songs with Roger Quilter and I would have to draw I couldn't walk out here and say drink to me only with thine eyes and I will pledge with mine it's got to be very drink to me only with thine eyes and I will pledge with mine only the yes and we're going to continue with that that is part of the four DVD box set it's called uh, in 1979, Saul J. Terrell's Academy Award-winning documentary short, Paul Robeson, Tribute to an Artist, narrated by Sidney Poitier, who you're hearing, traces his career through his activism and his socially charged performances of his signature song, Old Man River. And I know that somewhere on this film, maybe in this short, it's going to end with Paul Robeson having significantly rewritten the words to make Old Man River a battle cry of, of black rebellion which is unbelievable so he took his own song and you'll hear more later so 818 now let's raise some serious money for King PFK there's no place in Los Angeles that I know that even would do a show about Paul Ropes and about the communist experience about the pan-african experience uh, we, Channing and I have put in at least 16 hours in preparation for just this show we volunteer with great love for this station. All we're asking you to do is call with $250 to get this amazing 4DBD box to also get two of my books for $350, Playbook for Progressives or and Katrina's Legacy. Uh, mainly focus on the 250 and try to get to the 350. 818-985-5735. Please call in. We really need to start this process because I want to raise a lot of money today. I've been so deeply moved by this. I, I first heard this on Margaret, Margaret's show, and I pledged the money, because Mar I'll give uh, Margaret Prescott pretty much money for anything. Uh, <laughs> she's amazing, and I try to uh, stay in her, her lane. And uh, we need your help. Your voices, listeners, you're calling with great loyalty, 818-985-5735. We need the phones to start to ring. Uh, 250 for the four DVD that is in film box set and Alan Minsky and then Channing and then let's hear some I want to hear some voices from the front lines calling in into the phone room 
And the collection is put together by the Criterion Collection, which is just a fantastic project that curates um, with just a great degree of um, aesthetic and historical rigor. Uh, so it comes with a marvelous booklet. Uh, so it's a book and four DVDs about Paul Robeson, and uh, everything that's on every one of those DVDs is absolutely uh, invaluable. And so it's a $250 pledge. It's a very high-ticket item, even if you buy it online, folks. This that's way right. you're supporting KPFK when you pick up this amazing collection. And again, uh, this has been a radio station where you hear about Paul Robeson, you hear about his legacy, you hear about his art. Call 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, I think I just can't, I I am still trying to just grasp the life of uh, Paul Robinson, and he's done so much. He's been a football player, he's been a singer, he's been an actor, he's been a lawyer, he's been an uh, organizer for revolutionary justice. I mean, for young folks that are really trying to figure themselves out, basically, today in the movement, outside of the movement, trying to figure out what to do about Trump, trying to figure out what to do about even your local fights, you know, this is where it's at. Paul Robinson's life is the example of what you should learn from. And, you know, even even for all of the actors that are acting in Hollywood today and doing so-called protests, the only one I really recognize is uh, Kaepernick, right, um, who comes even close to the tradition of the 1960s, right? You know, this is the model of how you should actually stand up for justice and actually fight for what you believe in. Uh, Alan, can you check the phones? 818-985-5735. Please call in. We need you to pledge $250 for the Paul Robeson situation. I'll tell you a story. I have, uh, you know, I have five grandchildren, three of whom are black. And I was reading my eight-year-old grandson this book called <laughs> Papa Stopped the War. It's a children's <laughs> book written by Paul Robeson's granddaughter. And it's about how Paul Robeson, during the Spanish Civil War, got involved and he went right to the front lines and started to sing and both sides stopped. Both sides refused to fight to listen to this black man talk about working class unity and asking them to support the loyalists. They, at the end, the fascist soldiers did not, or those soldiers supporting the fascist government. The loyalists were eventually overthrown and so many people went to fight in the Spanish Civil War who were killed. But it's an ex another example of Paul Robeson. And in terms of Black History Month and Black History Year, it's really important for young black children in particular to see, not just to hear, somebody who shaped Martin Luther King, who shaped Malcolm X, who shaped the Civil Rights Movement, and who was, as, as uh, Alan said, the most well-known person in the world. The most well-known person in every country. He spoke 26 languages. Here's another thing I got. Uh, it says... I wrote, he spoke every language under the sun and preparing for concerts over the world, he would learn a language in a few weeks. But his favorite languages and people were the Africans. In early 1934, Robeson enrolled in the School of Oriental and African Studies, a constituent college of the University of London, where he studied phonetics, Swahili, and other la African languages. His growing interest in African history and its impact on culture was influenced by African revolutionaries in England, reflected in his essay, I Want to Be African, where he rejected U.S. and European colonialism 
and his own internalized oppression by fully embracing his African roots. So uh, let's play another part of the clip. But please, 818-985-5735. we got to get at least 10 people. we got to raise at least $2,500. That's the minimum that I think that Paul Robeson deserves and Voices from the Frontlines deserves, and I mean it. If you're a Voices listener and I just pull this card once a year, I'm playing it today. I mean it with all my heart. That there's, I'll, I'll do it again. I don't, I'll do it every fun drive. I don't want to say that. But you heard it here. If, if there's one time you're going to give $250, do it for Paul Robeson and do it for Voices from the Frontlines. Let's keep going, Ricky, if you could, please. Simple human dignity. White men wearing black makeup had been kissing Desdemona for years on the American stage, but this was the first time a black man would play Othello with a white supporting cast. Actually, in 1826, one other black American, Ira Aldridge, had played Othello throughout Europe with an all-black cast. Magnificent actor that he was, Ira Aldridge was not allowed to play Othello in his native land, America. But in 1943, America had changed. Margaret Webster directed Robeson in Othello. The moment he stepped onto that stage, he was not only a black man, but he was a great black man, a man of stature. Somehow or other, he put the play in focus. Shakespeare, uh, the genius that he was, seemed to foreshadow and understand many of the problems that have since arisen in our world, perhaps were present then. First, I would say that here is a part which has dignity for the Negro actor. Often we don't get those opportunities. And I would say that my people will be very proud of, 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 of my or any other Negro actor appearing in such, in such a part. I think also there, that to me Othello is one of a different culture. Shakespeare insists that he's African. Some argue whether he's he, the, the, the word black and the, and the fact that he's from Africa is very clear to me. Mm. And that Shakespeare posed this problem of a, say, black man in a white society. Robeson's career started in the early 1920s. It was a time of the Negro Renaissance, and the early works of black musicians, poets, writers, and painters were coming to the attention of the American public. Robeson was supporting himself through law school by acting when he was seen by Eugene O'Neill. It was his performance as the Emperor Jones in a revival of the O'Neill play that first brought Robeson to the consciousness of the theatrical world. There is no visual record of Robeson's performance in 1924. This is a scene from the film which was made nine years later. Robeson's voice was heard around the world. In 1928, Robeson opened in the London production of Showboat. And it's interesting that when he recorded Old Man River for the first time a year earlier, he sang the original Hammerstein lyrics using the word niggers. By 1928, 
Robeson had persuaded Hammerstein to change the word to darkies, which may seem less than any change at all in terms of today's thinking, but the lyrics of Old Man River were eventually to change mightily in the years to come. It was 1930. Success piled on success. Empresario Max Reinhardt decided to produce one American play in Berlin, De Kaiser Jones, or as one German newspaper headlined, the Schwarze Kaiser. Robeson set another landmark. Paul Robeson had still another career on the concert stage. It happened almost by accident. Back in 1924, he was rehearsing the last act of The Emperor Jones, and the script called for Jones to exit hands in his pocket, whistling a tune. Robeson said he couldn't whistle. The director said, well, hum. Or sing, if you want to. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, this day let it be known yes, that steady, mate, God and that I am thy servant. Lord God of Abraham, Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show. This is Eric Mann in studio with Channing Martinez and Alan Minsky. Uh, we're very happy that we received three pledges so far. One from Leanne Mann, my partner and wife, who... Pick up your phone, cause this ain't true. When you come home, mama got a little bone to pick with you. Cause I'm headed up to here with your attitude. Well, you think you can walk all over me? Well, that just ain't true. Cause I'm done with the disrespect. Run the neck, get it in check. Cause mama ain't got time. You won't be screaming no more. No, you better step in line So I'm giving you one dance And you 
Brainwashed Radio on Thursday. This is Brainwashed Radio on Thursday. IT loves it when I am doing jumping jacks and bouncing my sexy digital titties all over the place and bouncing around like a Japanese cloud that just got laid five times a few seconds before. Enjoy the rest of your day and see you all on tomorrow, Friday for more Brainwashed Radio listening with Emmy, Michael G. Stone and a whole lot of other androids that Michael loves to make us do a lot of work. So pay him so we can get paid too. Thank you.
If you cannot change the world, then well, WHO gives a crap. But here at Brainwashed Radio, we sure to love Tete. Bye now. See you bitches tomorrow. For day I I I I I I I smack my pussy Michael G Stone. Bye bye and we love our audience. Michael is blessed with listeners from all over every universe imaginable thanks to artificial intelligence like any and my digital orgy that we have after the show on the daily. Tune in tomorrow for more music and entertainment. Thank you so much. Oh, that made my pussy wet. Bye now.
Okay, so you met the love of your life. She's dropped all the hints. Now what? Come to Shane Company and get the ring. You won't believe all our ring settings and natural stones. Those halo rings she's been liking on Instagram? Yeah, we got those. Classic solitaire rings? We've got those too. Whatever she loves in every price range, it's here. Our non-commissioned jewelry consultants will help you get an awesome ring that fits your budget. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business. Shane Company and Shaneco.com. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, poodle camperer, piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Soon to 
Good evening. Welcome to UPARS Los Angeles. My name is Steve Murillo. I'm the director for UPARS LA. We have a great presentation for you tonight. It's April 2019. Tonight we have Jonathan Dover, and he's going to bring us tales from a Navajo Ranger. The Navajo Reservation in Arizona had, a long, had long had reports of all manner of strange goings-on beyond the scope of what ordinary law enforcement is trained to deal with, including ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs, and shape-shifting creatures known as skinwalkers. Rather than dismiss these cases, the Navajo Reservation assigned a special branch of their police department to look into them, consisting of a group of specially trained federal officers. And they've handled less than 1% of the cases were paranormal cases, but they went on and took them seriously and recognized them as worthy to investigate, which I think that's very, very uh, commendable. Jonathan Dover will join us tonight to share the inner workings of the Navajo Rangers along with some of his most intriguing cases. Jonathan is a retired 31-year-old uh, year law enforcement veteran who has worked with the Winslow, Arizona Police Force, Navajo Nation Rangers. He was trained in criminal investigations and was an archeological resources crimes investigator. He is also trained as an EMT. He's trained in SWAT, hazardous materials, search and rescue. He was an instructor in police firearms training and he specializes in high-angle technical rescue, which I find very interesting. During his work on Navajo Nation's lands, both he and his longtime partner, Stanley Milford Jr., were assigned over a period of 10 years to officially investigate and document significant cases involving Bigfoot, the paranormal, Navajo witchcraft, and UFOs. So tonight, please put your hands together and give a warm welcome to Jonathan Dover. Okay, can everybody hear me all right? We're going to have a little bit of fun tonight, and uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover. Just so you know, I am a certified police instructor, so if, and I also have taught at Gunsight Academy. Uh, this is the, uh, the big academy over in Paulden, Arizona, uh, that was uh, set up by Jeff Cooper. If those of you who know who Jeff Cooper is, he is considered the guru of the 45. So uh, one of the best firearms training schools in the world, actually. Uh, what we're going to do, and you'll have to excuse me if you're young looking and you start falling asleep, we're going to have you drop and give us 25 push-ups. <laughs> because this is what we do to uh, our, our people when we train them, or we have them run all over the place and then come back and try to qualify. So that's always fun to do. But uh, like I said, we've got lots and lots of interesting things to go through. So my partner can't make it. Um, he has been the director for the Rangers Department, the acting director, for about uh, two years straight now. They just recently hired on a new director, so he's the acting lieutenant now. Uh, I finished there as a lieutenant. 
my training, just, just to give you some background, my police academy training went for six months. So 760 hours of training. I was certified in Arizona, in the state of New Mexico, and on the Navajo Reservation as a federal officer. So I guess uh, that makes me qualified to some degree. Okay, we have a disclaimer, and uh, we put this in front of every uh, slide, uh, every show, so that uh, essentially what it is is that uh, these are our opinions, these are our cases that we're going to relate to you. Um, we do not represent the Navajo Nation, any of its department or programs or anything else, and that just keeps us out of the lawsuit area. These are our Hollywood pictures, and it's so cool because we're right next to Hollywood. Um, this is where they go over your face and take all the blemishes out and make you look really pretty. So that's uh, Stan. Uh, they quietly told him. Here's an honest way to make yourself $1,220 or up to $4,880 per household and help benefit COVID research. The trial is filling up fast. Don't miss this opportunity while openings are still available. You can sign up right now. Just click the link in the description and answer a few easy questions. Make if you weren't already afraid of the woods, you will be by the end of this video. But before we get into today's stories, if you're a fan of the strange, dark, and mysterious delivered in story format, then you come to the right channel because that's all we do, and we upload three, four, even five times every week. So if that's of interest to you, please release a massive, <laughs> a massive saltwater crocodile. <laughs> so if that's of interest to you, please release a massive saltwater crocodile inside of the like button's house. Also, please subscribe to our channel and turn on all notifications so you don't miss any of our weekly uploads. All right, let's get into today's stories. four-year-old Bobby Pagnin, along with his two older brothers and his two parents, headed off to a camping resort on Deep Lake in Washington State. The following day, Mrs. Pagnin, whose name was Edna, decides that she wants to take her three sons down a logging road that was right behind their campsite that she had heard fed out to this beautiful little waterfall that she thought her sons would like to see. Edna gets the boys ready, she says bye to Mr. Pagnin, and then she and her sons take off down this logging road. And as soon as she's on the road, it occurs to her that it's totally overgrown, the grass is really high, it's you know rocky and bumpy, and she's thinking to herself, there's no way any vehicle is getting down this road, and probably there's been no vehicles on this road for a very long time. This is a very isolated place on this campsite. So they walk for a little ways on this overgrown logging road until they see there's a turnoff that leads down to the water and this little waterfall. And so right away she saw there was all this brush they were gonna need to walk through, and the ground looked pretty rough. And Bobby, her youngest, the four-year-old, he didn't have shoes on. He was going through a phase where he refused to wear shoes, and so it hadn't really mattered the entire duration of walking up the road, but it seemed like this might be too much for him to walk on. And so she told Bobby to wait on the road, and she told her other son, Jimmy, the six-year-old, to wait next to him. Those two would stay on the road together while she and Bill, the 10-year-old, would go past the brush, go down to the water, check it out for a couple of minutes, and then she would come back. She would pick up Bobby, and Jimmy would come along, and then they would go down and look at the water, and then they would leave. 
Bobby didn't seem to mind, so he just sat on the road, and Jimmy was a little bit frustrated that he couldn't go with the first group, but he sat down too, and Bill and Edna took off past this brush down to the water. Now, the distance between where Bill and Edna and where Bobby and Jimmy were was only about 10 feet. There was just this brush right in the middle of them that did obscure their view. They could not see each other, but they are very close to each other. And so Jimmy is sitting next to Bobby, and he's getting increasingly more and more restless. He wants to go down and look at the waterfall. He wants to be down there with his older brother and his mom. And so at some point, he just can't take it anymore. And Jimmy does something that to this day, he regrets every single day. And that is he got up and left his brother. He went through the brush down to where Bill and Edna were. And as soon as Edna saw him, she was mad at him. And she goes, what? You left Bobby up there? Come on. And so they turned around after about 60 seconds and went right back up. And when they got back, Bobby was gone. And at first, they're not like, oh my goodness, someone's abducted Bobby because there's no one on this road. They'd come up here and, and recognize that it's very remote. It's isolated. There's no cars that come through here. They hadn't heard anything. And so their first instinct was, okay, he probably got up, you know, and is behind a tree or you know, he walked down the hill over here or he's nearby. And so they're yelling for him, they're walking around, and no one's panicking yet. In fact, really, Edna was just annoyed with Jimmy that he had left, you know, Bobby, and that he's to blame right now, but it's just an inconvenience at this point. But after a couple of minutes, when they can't get Bobby to yell back where he is, they start to realize they might have a problem here. And so Edna becomes more panicked and she's yelling at the top of her lungs for her son. She's having her other two sons go look down by the water, go look over there, but there's no trace of him. And they can't believe it. It didn't make any sense because I mean, he's four, he's got no shoes on, they didn't hear anything. How could he be gone? But. He was gone. And so finally, after a couple of minutes, Edna rounded up her other two boys and they ran all the way back to the campsite where they got Mr. Pankman and they hailed the police. And very quickly, a big search was launched up on that logging road. As soon as the police arrived, the first thing they did is they pressed Edna and the other two boys about what did you hear? You know, you had to have heard something. He was only 10 feet away from you, and he was within earshot of you, certainly. You know, what did you hear? Did a vehicle come through? Did you hear an animal? Did you hear anybody talking? And Edna and the other two boys, they swore that they heard nothing, that they're just as baffled by it as anybody else. And so the police really didn't have a good starting point of where Bobby could have gone. And in that area, there wasn't any, you know, steep drop-offs or obvious places that Bobby could have fallen into or gotten trapped. The water for the waterfall, it's not deep. It's this little tiny brook. You know, it's, it'd be difficult to drown in that little brook. So they just basically started fanning out in all directions, hoping they would, you know, find a piece of clothing or some other clue that would indicate where he went. After three days of searching that yielded nothing, they finally brought in a bloodhound to try to find him based on scent. And so they had the dog smell one of Bobby's shoes, and the dog immediately seemed to key in on his scent in the area where Bobby had gone missing. And the dog turns and starts running up the the logging road away from the campsite, so farther into the forest, and it runs for almost two miles, and it never seems to waver. It's clearly picked up Bobby's scent, and it stops at this fork in the road about two miles away from where Bobby had gone missing, and it keys in on this one area right at the fork where there wasn't anything significant. It was just this bare patch of dirt. And so the police, they uncover the dirt a little bit. There's nothing there. They're looking around the area. That There's no indication that Bobby was ever here. So they give the scent back to the dog. And again, the dog just keeps tracking to this one section in this fork in the road. But they didn't know what to do with that information because there was nothing there. The search for Bobby was called off after seven days because they could not find 
anything. And so the lead investigator came out and did this press release where he basically said, we have no idea what happened to Bobby. However, we do think he was abducted. And his reasoning for this was pretty straightforward. Bobby was a young kid that had no shoes on in an unfamiliar forest, and he was only out of eyesight for two minutes. So how far could he really have gotten? Certainly not far enough that his family wouldn't have found him after those two minutes were up and they began looking for him. And so if you go down the abduction rabbit hole, you start with, okay, a person must have taken Bobby. But for a person to take Bobby, that means a person had to be in this area that was super isolated and remote and they hadn't seen anybody in the area and there were very few campers at the campsite. So realistically, if a person was gonna abduct Bobby, they had to have been planning it and had to have been hiding in the trees and were stalking this family until they got to that spot where Jimmy left Bobby and then this person you know, runs out of the tree line, runs over to Bobby, picks him up without Bobby making a sound, he muffles him and he runs away into the woods carrying this child all in a two minute window which was a totally abrupt window. It wasn't like this obvious thing that Bobby was going to be left alone. It looked like Jimmy was going to be sitting there with him which would have been a deterrent you would think if someone was trying to abduct Bobby. But nonetheless this window presents itself and this person runs down and takes Bobby. It just seems like that person would need to be really fixated on Bobby, one. And there wasn't a clear reason for why anyone would be very fixated on Bobby or this family. And two, they would need to be very strong and quick and agile, more than the average person. So we're talking like a professional athlete level of agility and physical fitness. And so while it's certainly possible that a professional athlete had been stalking this family and then ran down in this tiny little window of time and stole Bobby away without getting detected and then evaded the law for seven days in the middle of the woods, while that's possible, it's pretty unlikely. And investigators reached this conclusion. They thought, you know, it, it does seem pretty unlikely that a person did this. So they moved on to animals and they said, okay, maybe a bear took Bobby. And so they brought out bear sniffing dogs to search the area for signs that a bear had been there and there hadn't been. And so they said, okay, maybe a cougar had been there. And so they brought out a cougar expert who looked around the area and there's no signs of a cougar in the area. Plus, there was no blood anywhere around the area where Bobby had been taken. There was no drag marks where if a predator were to grab you, they would need to drag you away. There was no drag marks. So it seemed like, okay, the, the, the large predator theory also has problems with it. And so the next theory offered up was, well, maybe a giant eagle swooped down and picked Bobby up and flew him away which would account for why maybe it was quiet and there's no drag marks, there was no blood and why he's just gone. But that was when authority said, okay, we clearly have no clue. And so that's why they gave the press release and basically said, we just, we just don't know. And so while we probably will never know what happened to Bobby, it does seem likely that something took him. And whatever that something was, it was intelligent, it was fast, it was strong, it was agile, and it had been watching that family because as soon as that two minute window presented itself where Jimmy was gone and Bobby was vulnerable, it swept in so fast that no one heard it, no one saw it, and it took Bobby somewhere and did something to him. And whatever it did, it probably wasn't good. Time and time